Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want a bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the NFL Week 3 Fantasy Flex on the Action Network Podcast. I'm Matthew Friedman, the Editor-in-Chief of Fantasy Labs. Here with me is Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is our Director of Predictive Analytics and one of the top fantasy football rankers for the past half decade. And Chris is a Senior Editor and Analyst at the Action Network and a co-host of the Action Network show on Sirius XM Fantasy Radio. In this episode, we are breaking down the players at the top of our rankings, available, by the way, at actionnetwork.com slash fantasy. We are discussing the guys we are high or low on. We are speculating on some props. And at the end of the show, we're answering your Twitter fantasy questions. And joining us for all of this is a longtime friend, and I have to say a fellow self-loathing Cowboys fan, Davis Maddock, an NFL contributor for Roto Experts and host of the Take Cast podcast. Davis, how was week two for you? Well, no longer self-loathing Dallas Cowboys fan, right? I'm going to start wearing my Romo jerseys out in public again, I think. I, I, think, I think we've officially reached the point where America's team is, is fun again. Yeah, uh, this is the part well, where I think um, it can't last. It feels too good to be true. Sean, Chris, how was week two for you guys? It was pretty good after last night. It was about break even. I don't know why I bet on the Redskins on Sunday. That was silly of me. But I did go a Matthew Friedman-like 9-3 and three on Monday Night Football prop. So... Uh, that, that, that kind of picked my week up. Nice. Sean, how about you? Yeah, pretty much break even in sports betting and DFS, but um, slightly positive in player props. I feel like I've just been missing out on that, so I'm, I'm hoping for a big week three. Good week for me in the player props. Obviously, you can check out all of our picks, uh, the, the, the ways that we are leaning in the Action Network app. Okay, let's get into this week. Davis, I, I want to get some quick thoughts from you. Out of the two weeks of performance that we have seen so far, uh, who is one player who has positively surprised you and then one guy who has negatively surprised you? Well, I think the biggest positive surprise has to be, for me, Calvin Ridley. He was a guy who was kind of going in that fifth, sixth round range, you know, kind of 
Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore. I think for rest of season, you're going to be considering him one of the best 25-ish players or so in fantasy. Uh, he's got eight targets in back-to-back games. Atlanta has completely abandoned the run. Devonta Freeman just looks horrible. Calvin Ridley it has a very good argument to you know finishing in the top 12 of uh, PPR scoring for wide receivers. All right, and then one guy you're kind of down on who's uh, surprised you negatively. Uh, I think that it's going to have to be James Conner and not just because Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, but they just they just are not using him how he was used last year where he basically was just a Le'Veon Bell facsimile. So even before Ben got hurt, he was being replaced by not only Jalen Samuels, but Benny Snell in the first quarter of that game against Seattle. Uh, Benny Snell ripped off a 25-yard run. Pretty bummed out on his usage. Agree there. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. And uh, there are a lot of news items that impact our rankings for quarterbacks this week. Ben Roethlisberger out for the season on injured reserve. Drew Brees is out for at least a couple of weeks uh, with a thumb injury. Eli Manning has been benched for Daniel Jones. Rayvon, congratulations on that. Uh, Trevor Simeon suffered an injury on Monday Night Football. So Luke Falk is now the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, and Cam Newton was not at practice on Tuesday. So a lot of things in the air with the quarterback position. At the top of our player rankings, uh, we have Dak Prescott, number one. And I just have to say, uh, when I crunched the numbers, uh, I had Dak as my number one quarterback. And I thought, hell no. No, and right. I thought, okay, I'm going to check and see where Sean has him ranked. And then Sean had him ranked number one. And then I was like, really? Hell no. This is too much. He's going to crash under the weight of these number one overall expectations. But uh, that is where Dak is. We have Dak number one, Patrick Mahomes number two, Lamar Jackson number three. Davis, uh, what are your personal top three quarterbacks right now? I just have Mahomes and Dak switched basically just because I think that the second half could be a lot of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, but, but Dak is completely breaking our projections at Daily Roto. It's just like, and, and Lamar did the same thing. Lamar was projected last week, like three points higher than every other quarterback, just because uh, without any adjustments, Miami is giving up so many yards per play that they're just going to kind of wreck any sort of, uh, you know, micro projection. Yeah. So let's talk about Dak number one, Sean. I I want your thoughts on this. So on the one hand, the Cowboys have been so good to this point in the season, aggressive with passing the ball. Dak has been very efficient. And then on the other side of the ball, the Dolphins have been a total train wreck. Uh, Can you talk about what's going into your projections uh, with him? Yeah. So, I mean, right now it's just his median projection. So he's coming out as number one for me, but you, like you said, you have to wonder, um, you know, last week, Belichick and Brady, uh, he still had Brady, you know, throwing it to James White late in the fourth quarter and they're up by 40 points or whatever. Um, you have to figure Jason Garrett's going to take his foot off the gas at some point. So that could hurt uh, Dak's ceiling. But I think he's just he's a lock for the top 10 this week. So that's why I have him ranked number one. But I'm going to be doing some analysis later in the week for, you know, percent chance that uh, certain QBs will be the actual top quarterback. And I think he might actually be like fourth or fifth when I crunch those numbers. So it's, it's just um, good to put it in perspective where these are medium projections, but I think, I think his ceiling could be capped due to this game script. Yeah, good point. Uh, really high floor, though. Rayvon, you have Mahomes ranked number one. Uh, very understandable, but he does have a tough matchup uh, against the Ravens, uh, and he is at home where the Chiefs have historically scored fewer points uh, than on the road. Arrowhead, Arrowhead Stadium, uh, historically a tougher place to play. Uh, what is going into your projections here with Mahomes? 
uh, the 8,000 touchdowns that Mahomes throws every single week. Um, and just, no, but just the fact that, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, when you look at what he's done week in and week out, the matchup hasn't really mattered. What goes into my model too is, you know, the opponent. So you guys kind of mentioned it, you know, the 21 point favorite for the Cowboys over the Dolphins. Obviously Dak's efficiency is sky high, but it does kind of uh, affect his uh, volume uh, a bit. Whereas Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson, these are essentially the two top quarterbacks, you know, fantasy-wise in the league right now, top offenses in the league right now, um, that actually positively impacts both of them. So that's why they're number one and two in my model. And then Dak comes in at, at number three. Uh, and then, like, for running back, Zeke is, uh, is it's also in the top three. It's just kind of spreading out that, that love a little bit. You know, I think the, the early story for this season is uh, how good Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson have been. But I think the underrated early story to the season is how Mahomes has not regressed at all. At all. Like, it just – it hasn't happened. Davis, what are your thoughts on Mahomes? He is the best player in the NFL, and I think that he's in the perfect marriage of scheme and talent. Like, Andy Reid doesn't really ask Mahomes to do things that he can't do, and he also gives him license to do things that other coaches wouldn't. A lot of the cross-body throws. Mahomes also sticks in the pocket for, like, quite a long time in a way that other young quarterbacks would get reprimanded for by their coach. I, I don't see any reason, especially after seeing how good McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson played when they played a full complement of starter snap. I, I think that it's certainly not out of the question that Mahomes actually re-breaks his records from last year. All right, let's talk about players that we are high on in our rankings or guys we think offer DFS value, uh, streaming value. Davis, who is standing out to you at the quarterback position this week? Well, I don't know how contrarian this is going to be, but Kyler Murray is a guy that I have higher than consensus in both my rest of season rankings and in this matchup against Carolina. Uh, Arizona has basically, they, they just completely uh, abandoned the run, kind of similar to the Falcons that we were just talking about. They called only eight designed run plays, seven to David Johnson, and then three Kyler Murray scrambles. And we haven't even seen designed runs called for Kyler yet. And when and if that starts happening, we're going to see him go from being a back-end top 12 quarterback to being, I, I think he will be right up there with Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, because he, he's actually impressed me throwing the ball. I, I wonder if you guys agree, but I actually think he's been a little bit better than expected in terms of passing. I agree with that. I think he's actually playing somewhere close to his floor right now, uh, because when the rushing production kicks in, uh, there's a lot of upside. Raybon, I believe that you are also high on uh, Kyler Murray. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, same here. I mean, he's been over 300 yards uh, in both games. The spread air raid look is giving defenses problems just in terms of conditioning. With the yards, are going to come touchdowns. Like, it's, you know, it's going to happen for him eventually. It hasn't thus far. Um, so I'll just say quickly another player, Jameis Winston, um, that giant secondary, it has been abysmal um, in week one. Aside from Janoris Jenkins, everyone else in that secondary combined to let Dak Prescott go 18 of 18 for 269 yards and four touchdowns. And then last week, we saw what Josh Allen did to them, did not turn the ball over, threw some touchdowns. You know, this is the time to, to kind of jump on Jameis Winston. It's been a rough couple of weeks, but uh, this is it. All right, one guy I'm relatively high on, and I, I might adjust him down a little bit, but Russell Wilson, I wasn't expecting to be as high on him as I am, but the Seahawks are playing at home. DK Metcalf, I think, is impressed in his first year with the league. Tyler Lockett is really locked in as a, a good middle-of-the-field receiver. They're throwing a little bit more than I thought they would, and most importantly, they're going against a New Orleans team that at this point doesn't have the benefit of Drew Brees on offense, uh, so he can't really compensate for some of their uh, weaknesses on defense in New Orleans still allows a lot of points. So uh, higher on Russell Wilson than I kind of expected I would be. Sean, who are some of the quarterbacks you are high on? 
Um, so for me right now, I have uh, Carson Wentz actually up in this um, top six QB tier. He's uh, 1K cheaper than everybody in that tier. So he's kind of sticking out for me, especially if he's going to be under owned this week. I think, you know, if Nelson Aguilar, doubtful, Djax questionable, even like Ertz and Goddard are banged up, it's going to narrow his um, stacking partners a lot this week. So I think you're going to get some cheap options to stack him with. And then the other QB that I'm looking at this week is Daniel Jones, um, only at 5K. You know, he has that rushing ability. He's facing the Buccaneers in his first game. Um, and then we can talk about it later, but I'm looking to actually spend up at running back, wide receiver, and even tight end. So I think having those savings at QB uh, is the way to go this week. All right, Davis, uh, at quarterback, who is someone you're relatively low on? Probably going to be Tom Brady, I guess, because I, I think I, I, he'll still be in my top 10. If we're talking about guys I'm considering using for uh, like cash games or whatever, I'm not really into it. I just think I think like 320 yards and three touchdowns is kind of like his like 80th, 90th percentile outcome, uh, because when they when they get up 14, like I don't think he's going to be out there throwing passes down the field in the fourth quarter. So that would that, that you know, that's kind of, I guess, like the chalk answer. Well, speaking of uh, old man quarterback who's just bound to the pocket Raybon I think you are relatively low on Aaron Rodgers what are your thoughts on him just a brutal slate to open the year for him Uh, and he's played quite well all things considered you know against the Bears uh, then against the Vikings and now he he plays the Denver Broncos at home Uh, I just think that this offense is a little different under Matt LaFleur they're not kind of going out and trying to score 35 points their defense is a lot better again that's something that goes into my model so like it it compares you know each quarterback's efficiency versus the other defense and kind of adjust based on that and you know I do not think Joe Flacco will have success against Green Bay you saw it last week Um, Green Bay gets out to a lead and then they kind of rely on their defense and they don't really score for, for much of the rest of the game um, after taking that 21 nothing lead in the first game they got that to 10 points and that was all they needed so I think this is going to be another similar game script just don't think he should be uh, priced quite as high 6.1k uh, as some of these other quarterbacks who I think are just in a better better spots game script wise all right one guy I'm low on is Cam Newton uh, I think he's just looked horrible for the past two weeks even though he had uh, an offseason surgery for his shoulder his shoulder still doesn't look right which I think is a massive Massive red flag. Uh, And then, of course, he skipped practice on Tuesday. So I think there are some uh, serious questions about what's happening there. Sean, surprisingly, you are relatively low on Lamar Jackson. By relatively low, I mean you have him ranked number five instead of the top three. But uh, maybe uh, what he has done to this point in the season hasn't impressed you uh, the way it has impressed other people where you think it's not quite as uh, repeatable. But what are your thoughts on Lamar? No, yeah, I have to be careful how I phrase this. Um, So I think Lamar is for sure, you know, my number two QB the rest of season. Um, just right now, uh, my, my projections in the labs models has him pretty low just based on his price. He's a, super expensive at 7K. So he's more of a fade for me. I mean, we have to fade somebody. Um, so I'm just choosing him. Um, we haven't seen a negative game script this year, so um, that, that could hurt him. We don't know yet. But, I mean, he is breaking fantasy football right now with, you know, 300 passing yard and 100 rushing yard upside. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So he's still a, a really high ceiling play. Um, but, you know, like I said, we, we've kind of seen that the first two weeks. So I'm just kind of baking on some sort of variance and see him regress possibly, you know, outside of the top 10. So it's, it's more of just a bold call, if anything. Uh, but, you know, like I said, check back Sunday morning to see if I've chickened out or not. Um, you can tell by the labs models um, if he moves up, um, if I think he's more likely to hit his ceiling. But I think that I'm just, you know, just choosing this week to fade him uh, in the negative game script. 
All right, uh, Sean, each week we talk about some player props, and I should mention that in the Fantasy Labs uh, player prop tool, uh, all of your projections there can be found. Uh, and then when props are released each week, uh, we compare your projections to the lines available at books uh, and show the props that are offering the most value. What are some of the, uh, the early uh, potential prop lines that you are considering? So the first one um, is Patrick Mahomes passing yards. Uh, I really don't think I could set this line high enough. So uh, right now I have it set at three ten and a half. Over. <laughs> you mean the over? <laughs> I haven't projected for the under, but I know I need to adjust my projections. I'm just I'm going over. Over. Okay. Next up, uh, I'm calling Audible. Do the light news um, before we start recording. Daniel Jones was announced a starter, so I'm trying to um, sharpen up his passing yard projection at Tampa Bay. Uh, right now, I have it at over under two fifty five and a half. Under Tampa Bay's defense under Todd Bowles is a lot better. They're just playing better. He's putting them in better position to succeed, and I think we're starting to see quarterbacks kind of coming under expectation a little bit. I think Cam Newton, you know, throwing fifty one times was more of a function of his bum foot and, and lack of rushing ability than anything else. He wasn't very efficient. Yeah, I'll take the under as well, but uh, I'm fairly close to that line. Okay, let's talk about the running back position. Uh, obviously, uh, James Conner suffered uh, an injury on uh, Sunday, the extent of which is kind of still unknown, like whether he's going to uh, be his full self moving forward, but keep a close eye on the injury news for all of these running backs. The top players uh, in our rankings, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, I think you're missing a pretty obvious one there, and that is Dalvin Cook at home to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I don't know if Dalvin Cook is going to stay healthy all year long, but uh, no one's looking to establish it harder than the Vikings, who were just calling Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, off tackle runs down 21 at Lambeau, and it it paid off. How sick is that? That it actually they got paid off for that with a 75 yard Dalvin Cook touchdown run. But uh, I don't think that they're going to be trailing by 21 to this Oakland Raiders team at home. And uh, I, if if the line was 21 and a half carries for Dalvin Cook, I may be tempted to take the over. <laughs> All right, uh, Sean, I, I'd like your thoughts there on uh, on Dalvin Cook as someone potentially who could uh, break into the top three. He's not in our top three, but it wouldn't be a surprise if, if he finished the week in the top three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, going forward, uh, I still think the Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Zeke, um, tier is tier number one because you know I think Kamara's fallen out. Um, he's more of in his like tier three range uh, as long as Drew Brees is out. But you can make a case that Delvin Cook is sort of in his own little mini tier right there, just below the top three. But yeah, if he keeps this up, he he could join those three going forward. Raybon, I believe that you have the uh, the one, two, three uh, of those three guys uh, in some order. Uh, any quick thoughts on McCaffrey as the number one guy, uh, especially coming off of a down week last week and uh, in an offense that doesn't seem to be going in the right direction? Yeah, again, I mean, I think he, it's part of it is that we expected so much against the Bucks defense, and I think they're improved, so it's kind of adjusting for that. But the bottom line is this guy's playing 100% of the snaps uh, so it's really hard to kind of take him out of, of that top three or, or out of that one spot where Saquon Barkley not quite catching as many footballs as last season. And, and then Zeke, you know, just not 100% of, of the snaps or just as many as he, he was at last season. And you worry about the um, the game script there. Um, but I do think Alvin Kamara still has a, a case for that top five, like right behind, because this was already a run-heavy team. Without Drew Brees, what do you think they're going to do? It's going to be dump-offs to Kamara. It's going to be more running back carries, I think, than we're used to with Brees. Like, Brees is completing like 24 balls a game. They, they're kind of more at the league average, about 21, 22 now with Bridgewater. And I think they, they throw, they give a couple extra carries to uh, Kamara and, uh, and Latavius. 
All right, Davis, other than Dalvin Cook, uh, who is a player or a few players that you are high on at running back? I think the biggest one has to be Austin Eckler. Uh, I moved him up into my top 10 running backs rest of season. He will be, I think, probably my running back seven or eight this week uh, against Houston. But basically, he is getting like uber back usage. He's getting all the goal line work. He's getting targeted very heavily in the passing game and looks great doing it. Uh, as long as he is healthy, I think he is, you know, just one of the absolute best assets in fantasy. And he's still uh, on DraftKings, not even priced like uh, like real like Melvin Gordon would be, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree. I aggressively have Eckler ranked number two overall um, because live free or die. That's that's the way I'm approaching him. Uh, Sean, anyone that you are relatively high on? Yeah, so I, like I said earlier, I think this is the week to spend up at running back. There aren't really many value plays at all at the position. We don't really have a starter that's been ruled out or anything. So um, we'll look for news um, you know, later in the week if anybody pops up. But right now, uh, I think it's it's worth spending up to take Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's my number one running back, but he's priced third, I think. Um, I think he's going to have a bounce back game against the Cardinals this week. Chris Carson, you know, season long, um, Chris Carson owners should be a little bit worried. Uh, he had his sec- second straight game with a fumble loss. Rashad Penny looked great. So that's that's not good for his long-term prospects. But short-term, he should not be 5,900 on DK. I think he's still their workhorse. Um, they're at home against the Drew Brees-less Saints this week. So I think it's, it's going to be a run-heavy game script. So I still am investing in Chris Carson and, and DFS. But, you know, season long, there is some concern there that Penny could overtake him if the, the fumbling issues continue. Yeah, Chris Carson as a home favorite has smashed for the past couple of seasons. Raymond, you have David Johnson uh, as a player that you are still relatively high on, even though the Cardinals uh, haven't really done much through the running game uh, up to this point in the season. What are your thoughts on Johnson? Well, I mean, even with them not doing much, um, he, he's, he's getting into the end zone. Uh, I think his numbers were a little bit kind of wonky last week because he left the game at one point. He got a he like injured his wrist and like came out, his arm was just like hanging off for a second, but then he like came back in and was fine. Uh, and then they've talked all week about kind of, you know, okay, you know, we're getting all these yards, but we're not scoring touchdowns. And on the one time they did score a touchdown uh, in the red zone, Dave Johnson just walked in and they're, they're kind of talking about, you know, using him more in the red zone. And that's how these things generally go. They generally even out and, uh, I just think, you know, he's on the field so much. He hasn't been leaving the field much aside from that injury that um, I think he is going to just pick it up in the past game. Uh, if not in Carolina, listen, they, they gave up, they let Peyton Barber kind of sustain, you know, runs for, for Tampa Bay. Um, this is, this is not a good uh, defense in my opinion right now uh, against the run. They also got, you know, kind of run over by Malcolm Brown and, and Gurley in week one. So uh, I think David Johnson will be fine. And he's still, you know, right in that top, you know, top six, seven range for me. Um, you know, just kind of a, a weird uh, situation last week. Davis, who are you low on at the position? Uh, you know, it's just, it's not going to surprise anyone, but it's, it's the hyper fragile guys like carry on Johnson, Devonta Freeman, uh, James White, just guys who, who really only have one Avenue to getting there. You know, if you, if you don't uh, work in the passing game, can't love you that much. If you're a running back who only gets there via targets, I can't love you that much either. And, and I think that guys like, uh, you know, I, like I think carry on is, is like kind of a popular guy. Now he looked good against Los Angeles. He had the one really nifty touchdown run, but just in general, guys like that, I, I'm not going to be buying week to week. All right, Sean, it seems like one of those guys uh, is Sony Michelle, really a one dimensional yeah. type of player, just uh, stuck to uh, running the ball, no pass catching ability. Uh, what are your approaches on him? 
Yeah, like you mentioned, um, he, he doesn't have a reception on the air. They, they kind of hinted that he was going to be more involved in the passing game. Uh, that appears to be a lie. Um, he has another perfect game script this week. You know, they're 22-point favorites. Uh, but you have to think that they might take this as a week to kind of preserve him a little bit and not just run him 20-plus times again. Um, and, you know, he's, he's able to pay off when he does score. And last week, I mean, they brought in James Devlin to, to almost vulture that touchdown. So if, if Devlin didn't get in there, or if he did get in, then uh, Michelle wouldn't have had a touchdown. So uh, he's just he's just a low floor player at six uh, K, and he doesn't really have much ceiling um, if he's not being involved in the passing game. So I'm fully fading him again at six K, um, and just hoping they they involve Rex Burkhead and maybe even activate Damian Williams one of these weeks uh, to sort of preserve Michelle's needs for the rest of the season. All right, Raybon, who are you looking to stay away from at running back? Uh, James Conner, obviously one of them. Uh, and, and I, I, I actually, I'm going to disagree with, uh, with you guys here, uh, Chris Carson. You know, I've been high on Carson all offseason, but I think that, you know, especially in DFS, uh, running back is so predictable that, and I, I agree with Sean, I think you just want to pay up because, like, you can get this predictability in terms of the snap rates and snap counts. And the bottom line is Chris Carson played 43 of 79 snaps last week. 79 snaps is a ton of snaps for the Seahawks. Um, usually they're in that, you know, like low 60s range as are most NFL teams. And I think the Saints will try to play some, some ball control uh, against them. So uh, I, I just don't want any part of a guy who could miss, you know, 30, 40 uh, percent uh, potentially of the snaps when you could pay like a 1K more uh, and get, you know, guys that are going to be in there 80, 85 percent uh, of the snaps. All right. Uh, Sean, I'm kicking it to you for our player props. All right. So first up, Dalvin Cook rushing yards. Um, I don't know if I could set it high enough for Davis, but here we go. Um, over under 92 and a half. Big time, big time overs. <laughs> I mean, I bet sports books are going to offer, I'm thinking like, I don't know, 87 and a half for that. I will take the under, although I know I'm being a donkey there, but I'm, I'm very close to that line that you've Freeman, said. What are you doing, buddy? I'm going under. Like that's, that's not a donkey move at all. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. listen, Dalvin Cook had a huge run. He's had, like, he's had a long run. Like if he doesn't have the long run, you know, who knows what, like he could get 21 carries and still go for like, you know, 80 yards, a normal running back day. Um, so, yeah, I think that one's a little bit inflated for me. I have him, I have him a few yards under on that. All right, next up, uh, Zeke Elliott. So this is an over-under on his DK score this week. Um, I'm setting the line at 22 and a half. That's a lot of fantasy points. I would, I would probably take the under on that because there definitely is like a, a scenario where like a defensive touchdown kind of – it would turn it to yeah. Pollard pretty early. I'm actually – I'm right around there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the under but just barely. I'm taking the over without even factoring in like the, uh, the yardage bonus. Uh, he's already over on just pure PPR points uh, for me, my number two uh, running back uh, this week. Before we talk about wide receivers, let's check in with Peter Jennings, a.k.a. CSU Ram 88, a two-time DFS world champion and co-founder of Fantasy Labs. Peter, I think the question on everybody's mind is how is the Emmanuel Sanders renaissance impacting you? Has your wife left you yet? It's devastating, Friedman, to be honest. Uh, the guy has overcome the injury that is still crippling me. And it's, it's compoundingly bad because I keep shorting him in DFS. I don't have him in any season long. So uh, every time he scores, it, it, it woos my wife's heart and costs me money. <laughs> 
It sounds horrible all the way around. For week three, from a roster construction standpoint, uh, how do you think you're going to approach cash games and GPPs? There's a lot of value. Uh, there's some certain teams in these, you know, ridiculous spreads. Uh, we're seeing historic spreads because of how bad Miami is. And also New England looks like an historic team is a, a great team. So we have two ridiculous games um, that you'll want pieces of. But in, in cash, I think a lot of people are going to end up going cheaper quarterback like usual, and maybe there's some value in tournaments and spending up. We'll see. Uh, obviously, the best game of the week as a football fan is the Chiefs-Baltimore game. So if people want Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in that game, uh, that'll be another uh, roster construction as well. All right. At quarterback, uh, you talked about potentially going cheap uh, in cash games. Who has caught your eye? Yeah, I like Winston once. Jameis is in the best spot at home versus the Giants. Uh, new quarterback, bad defense. Jameis is going to have a lot of opportunity. I'm encouraged uh, after last week. I know he didn't have great fantasy stats, but he was more efficient as a quarterback. And now he just gets a really bad defense. So I'm buying Jameis Winston. I think Carson Wentz is in consideration in that same price range. And outside of that, I would be spending up to Dak Prescott or Mahomes. Some of the early talk in the week is giving the indication that this could be a Jamelman type of week. Where are you at running back? Yeah, probably going to be that way. I think uh, Christian McCaffrey versus Arizona is uh, going to be one of the most highly owned plays we'll see all season, but it's really hard to fade outside of an injury. It's just so hard to see him failing against this Arizona team that plays so fast and is so bad defensively. I mean, Chris Carson's interesting. Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler uh, is still a great play, even at 7,200 on DraftKings. And you have a lot of other guys like Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Dalton Cook. So it's a week where there's a lot of really good value and you definitely want to maximize your touches. At wide receiver, who are you looking at? So I think Keenan Allen, uh, we can be very confident. He's going to get a ton of targets and uh, should perform well in this game at 7K. You can look to the Eagles receivers. You know, we're recording this here early in the week. So uh, once we, we have, you know, clarity on what's going to happen in Philadelphia, there's going to be uh, some surefire value. Uh, Aguilar looks really good right now, depending on how things break. Yeah, it pains me to say, uh, also a wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders uh, is popping pretty high uh, at only 4,800 on DraftKings. Uh, he's seen a lot of opportunity and has looked great the first couple of weeks. In the uh, in the season long rankings that we've posted at Action Network, uh, there's not any consensus on who should be the number one wide receiver this week, just in terms of points scored. Whether it's Hopkins, Allen, Jones, or Adams, uh, maybe even Amari Cooper. Uh, where are you coming down on those guys, just in terms of overall who you think might be the highest scoring guy on the week? Yeah, of course, I have to say Amari Cooper, devastated about the Michael Gallup news. Um, game flow, sh it's interesting. The Dolphins are so bad um, that, you know, you know Dallas is going to get points up. Uh, but there are some scenarios. You can see this being like a big Zeke Elliott game where uh, game flow doesn't work in Amari Cooper's favor. But uh, I just think he's so talented with Gallup out. Should see additional targets early in the game. Uh, he's probably my favorite guy. And, of course, that's on brand. All right. Finally, at tight end, uh, who are you looking at? So this is the position I have the most conviction on. Uh, went all in on George Kittle and Travis Kelsey last week, and I think I'm going to do the exact same thing, specifically George Kittle. It's been a very frustrating first two weeks as a George Kittle owner in all formats. Two touchdowns called back week one. Last week, the 49ers put up 41 points, and George Kittle essentially does nothing. He's by far the, the focal point of this offense. He's still uh, the most athletic guy at his position, and uh, at 5,600, a huge discount. Uh, I'm just going to be really heavy on him, and Travis Kelsey is going to be a great play every week as well, so I'll be spending up at tight end. If you had to pay down at the position, who's one guy you might feel comfortable with? 
People are going to be on Greg Olson, which I get 3,700 going against Arizona. I think that makes sense. I would pivot in tournaments to probably Hawkinson again. I'm a big believer in his talent at 3,500. I know he's coming off a bad game, but I think he's going to have some big spike weeks. Arizona week one might be one of his best performances just because that's going to be an elite matchup, but I will be buying his talent throughout the year in tournaments. All right. That was Peter Jennings with his DFS thoughts for week three. All right, let's shift to wide receivers. Uh, and at the top of our rankings, we have Devonte Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., and Julio Jones. Uh, but really, I think there are you know five or six guys who could justifiably uh, be in our top three. Davis, who do you have uh, in your top three, or at least who do you have number one right now? I have Julio Jones, number one, DeAndre Hopkins, number two, Devontae Adams, number three. But I I agree. I think Odell, Keenan, Amari Cooper, I I think a lot of them have arguments to be that high this week. Yeah. So I should say in our uh, our rankings at actionnetwork.com slash fantasy, like we don't have consensus on the number one guy. So Sean, for instance, you have Adams, number one. I have uh, OBJ, number one. And Raybon, you have Hopkins, number one. Uh, Sean, can you talk about what is going into your projections uh, specifically for Adams as the number one guy? Well, uh, I will say it's, it's early in the week, so I haven't had a chance to look at uh, too much data yet, but you know Adams is being boosted right now by um, his touchdown odds. Um, so I certainly think he probably has the lower floor out of all these guys. Keenan Allen probably has the higher floor. Uh, but all four of these guys, like you mentioned, could be number one by the end of the week. Um, I, I kind of agree with Davis. I think Julio might be the, the highest floor ceiling combo guy right now. Um, it does really seem like they're abandoning the run. So he's going to benefit from that, but it's, it's just so early in the week and I have all these guys basically tied at 15 and a half, uh, points. So there could be some shuffling near the top, but it's safe to say these guys are all sort of in their own, uh, elite wide receiver one tier. Raymond, you have Hopkins number one. Uh, what are your thoughts on him relative to some of those other guys in the top three or four? Well, it's really a week to week thing for me and it comes down to matchup. So this week I had, um, Julio, number one, Odell, number two, uh, Hopkins, three, I, I believe. So, you know, this week, I, I think, you know, Beckham, tough matchup uh, against the, the Rams. Their corners have been, have been very good and kind of funneling the, the football away from wide receivers. Uh, the Colts, Julio's going up against them. Same, same idea. Um, they, they play that, that cover three. They tend to, like, drop back and keep things in front of them, but that also funnels the ball away to, from wide receivers. They had the lowest uh, schedule-adjusted wide receiver target rate in the league last season. Uh, per football outsiders data. So, um, you know, those two guys drop a little. And then Adams, his, if you just look at his share of the catches, uh, it's been in targets, it's been a little bit down on, in the Matt LaFleur offense to about 27% of the catches, whereas he was usually up over 30. The one guy that hasn't fallen, um, even with, you know, Kute coming back, still is coming there, is DeAndre Hopkins, still catching about a third uh, or, or more of, of Deshaun Watson's footballs and you know I mean tough matchup as well with the Chargers but we saw you know we saw what Kenny Galladay was able to do to them uh, I think they're the most vulnerable and um, Hopkins has just had the, 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 the securest floor of those top four guys so um, he's probably going to stay number one for me this week yeah I have OBJ number one but I really wouldn't argue with anyone else having uh, someone else ranked higher as you mentioned Raylon uh, he does have a, a tougher matchup against two pretty good cornerbacks there uh, for the Rams the guy I have number Number two, and uh, so I should say I'm much higher on him than anyone else right now, uh, is Michael Thomas. I should say I know I'm going to adjust this down a little bit, but I think I'm still going to be relatively high on him this week, in part because I think uh, he is going to uh, be in a, a game 
where they're going to be throwing the ball uh, a little bit more um, than people might expect. And, and I think what matters with Thomas isn't necessarily who is throwing him the ball, uh, but that he's just getting that volume. And I think he's going to continue to be fed a lot of targets. So I'm relatively high on Michael Thomas, especially I, I think Seattle's secondary is uh, a little overrated. So uh, I think the, the matchup for him isn't as bad as people might expect. Davis, who is someone that you are relatively high on at wide receiver? It's got to be DJ Moore. He has 24 targets through two games. I think there definitely is going to be a little bit of cam backlash. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. He missed practice. And there is a report about his foot injury being worse than expected. Uh, don't, don't think Cam's played particularly well. And Moore has still been fine for fantasy, especially full PPR formats. And I, I don't see anything about that changing. And actually, Moore, like one of his big things that made him such an elite prospect was how good he was after the catch, you know, and we haven't seen any of that the, against Arizona, a, a team that inflates plays ran against. I, I think this is about as good as it's going to get for him. Yeah, fantastic matchup for him with uh, Patrick Peterson out uh, on suspension. Sean, uh, who are you relatively high on? So right now I have Aguilar standing out in my model. Um, he's super cheap at 3600 It looks like Alshon Jeffrey is going to miss this week. Amezi's doubtful, but Deshaun Jackson's questionable as well. Uh, Ertz and Goddard are banged up. So if one of them misses, um, he's going to be insanely chalky at that price. So I, I think he's going to be a free square this week. Uh, but the other guy is uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, Davis mentioned him earlier, but, you know, I'm buying into his hot start um, this season. You know, we saw this last year, we had the hot start and then he kind of faded. Um, but, you know, he looks like he's in the middle of a year two breakout. Um, I'm not sure we can call it a breakout since he scored 10 touchdowns his rookie season. But we just have to remember he's turning 25 in a couple months. So he's, he's a lot older than most um, year two players. He's roughly the same age as Amari Cooper. Um, so he's, I think he's just peaking earlier than most receivers. So I'm, I'm buying into him at 5,300. I think he's way too cheap right now. Rayvon, who are the guys who have caught your eye at wide receiver? Well, I'm still, I'm, I still got Sammy Watkins top six. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes' is receiver, uh, highest over under the week. Book it. And for me, DK Metcalf, you know, he's still under 5K on DraftKings. I've been kind of harping on the Saints corners and in all of our uh, Action Network content on the betting side in terms of the biggest mismatches. Whether McMarshawn Lattimore, size-wise, not going to be able to match up to him. Uh, PJ Williams, Eli Apple, talent-wise, not going to be able to match up to him. And then, uh, you know, like a really low guy, Demir Bird for the Cardinals. You know, we thought maybe Crabtree or Keyshawn Johnson would kind of seize hold of that third spot. But um, with Crabtree active, and uh, Bird was the guy who, who operated as that clear number three, uh, played a lot more snaps than those other two guys. And he's kind of getting those easy catches. So in, in PPR leagues, um, I think he's out there for his speed. Uh, you know, Kingsbury needs that kind of speed in his offense. So he's like a bottom of the barrel cheap guy that I think you can look to as like a GPP flyer. Davis, who is someone you are relatively low on? Well, there are, uh, there are a lot of guys at wide receiver who the consensus likes more than me. One of them is going to be Tyler Lockett because I, uh, I kind of agree that DK Metcalf does kind of look like a unicorn. And I think that as things play out over the rest of the year for Seattle, Metcalf is going to be the number one. Lockett is going to be more complimentary. And then also uh, Steph Diggs and Adam Thielen, because if I'm saying, you know, Dalvin Cook's going to get all this usage and I think that Minnesota is going to hit their team total, that means that, you know, one of those parties has to lose out. And I think it's likely to be the wide receivers less likely to be Dalvin Cook. You know, they, they threw 10 passes in week one, 10 passes, Matt. I'm with you on uh, on Diggs and Thielen. Uh, entering the season, I was relatively low on them, in part because I thought this uh, passing game would take a step back and really be subservient to the running game, and we've definitely seen that. So uh, I'm with you there. Sean, who are you relatively low on? 
So for me, it's T.Y. Hilton. He, he might look tempting at 6,400. But, you know, after two games, I think he's been bailed out by his three touchdowns. Um, he's typically not a touchdown-dependent player. Uh, we usually, you know, lean on his yardage totals. I think this week he's going to fail to score, so people are going to be disappointed with his lack of yardage. Um, he's, he's clearly the number one option for Brissett, but Brissett has yet to throw over 200 yards. And I think this week at home against the Falcons, they're, they're slight favorites. They're going to lean on Marlon Mack and the run game, so I don't think he's worth uh, 6,400 right now. Yeah, Hilton has averaged seven and a half targets per week uh, up to this point in the season, which is not really all that much in the grand scheme of things. Rayvon, who are you looking to get away from? Well, I didn't expect this to be the case, but Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown's insertion into the lineup does hurt Edelman a bit because you have White and you have Burkhead and you have like, there's always going to be a running back. Even Matt Lacoste cut a couple passes for 33 yards. And we saw Edelman, you know, four catches, for, but for only four targets. Uh, I think a, a, another alpha like AB kind of caps uh, Edelman ceiling a bit. So I have him uh, right outside of the top 20, which uh, doesn't feel great. But the bottom line is Edelman's never been a big touchdown scorer. So I think Edelman gets a little downgrade as long as AB is, is active and on the field. Rayvon, I agree with you there. And I'm actually taking the the flip side of that coin in that I'm also relatively low on uh, AB pretty much for the, the same rationale. I just think there are too many uh, good receiving options in that offense where everyone gets diminished just a little bit. Uh, Sean, I'm kicking it to you for the props. All right. So uh, I'm going to be nominating the two wide receivers that lost their QB uh, last week. Um, so first up is Michael Thomas receiving yards 80 and a half. I think I like the under there. I am going over. I still think he's going to get his targets. Even if he's less efficient with a different quarterback, I still think the target volume is what carries him. I have him just under. I have him at 79 yards, and I'm going under because Michael Thomas is a guy who I think you're right, Freeman. I think the target volume doesn't matter, but what was his stat line last week? Like 10 for 69? Like That's entirely possible this week with Bridgewater, who just doesn't – and this is my issue with him just going back to even Minnesota. doesn't really push the ball down the field. So they're going to just have Thomas running the underneath route so that like he can get the ball. Or if he's running deeper routes, I don't know if he gets the ball enough. So like I, I think there are multiple avenues for uh, – for Thomas to hit the under. And we have seen Seattle kind of, when they can't, they can't scheme against like certain number ones. They took away Thielen and Diggs um, last year. Uh, Juju didn't have a huge game against them either uh, last week. Not to contradict your point, 69 yards would have been nice last week, but it actually was 89. So, okay. But still like what? 10 catches though, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a tough one, but I, I don't think he's as tough as the next guy, Juju Smith-Schuster. He's at San Francisco this week. Um, and right now I have his over-under at 72 and a half yards. Over. I'm going under. Under on 72. That's so disrespectful. Yeah, that's what my, my model has them five yards under. Look at the expectations. I, I say that for a lot of guys as we're doing this week to week. Like Juju, we've had high expectations for. He's gone under. I think you have to be conservative with Rudolph. Um, so I, I still have Juju getting about a quarter of the of the targets and catches, but the yardage just not not quite there until we see more out of uh, Rudolph. I'm super conflicted on this, but uh, even in, I would say, like poor performances so far, he's had 78 and 84 receiving yards. So I think I am going to take the over here. How many yards do you guys have Mason Rudolph throwing for? I have him at like 245. I know from what I projected him for, which is like 7.1 YPA, it, it will be pretty close to that. Yeah, I have him at 241. But I think the big thing for me is Ben Roethlisberger was completing about 26 and a half passes per game. And I don't think you can kind of lock Rudolph in for that. So like the chances, like the variance just increases with Juju when like instead of getting 25% of like 27 completion, he's getting 25% of maybe 
anywhere, you know, the league average is about 22. So anywhere from, or 23. So anywhere from like 22 to 25, I think is kind of, you know, where he's in, which, which does lower his, you know, sailing floor. Okay. Let's go to tight ends. Um, at the top, we have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and Evan Ingram sneaking in as the number three guy replacing uh, Zach Ertz. Davis, where are you on the top three? I mean, Zach Ertz for me clearly is a worse option. I think Kelsey Kittle Ingram is the new big three at tight end, though I would say Ertz might have a chance to squeak back up there this week because Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are both questionable. And then we're looking at him dropping back to his uh, – his rates from last year, which are not the season-long expectation, but they might be the expectation for this lone week. That's where I am. I have Ertz uh, projected number two, and a lot of it is because of that volume that I'm expecting him to get uh, with Alshon Jeffrey out and potentially Deshaun Jackson out as well. Sean, you have Kelsey Kittle Ingram as your top three, and Rayvon, you have exactly the same thing. So I think we can uh, just move along to the guys that you are relatively high on. Sean, who do you want to talk about? I'm spending up at tight end this week. I think George Kittle is going to have a bounce back game. He's 5.6K against the Steelers. And the Steelers uh, just got dropped two touchdowns on by Will Disley. Um, and then week one, they, they faced the Patriots, who I think their only active tight end was blocking tight end Ryan Izzo. So don't look at their, you know, um, per game against tight end stats. Uh, I, I think Kittle's going to have a massive game. Uh, he's going to bounce back big. Their, their wide receiver situation's in flux. So I think it's going to help Kittle out. If you're in season long, now's the time to buy low on Kittle um, if you have an impatient owner. But yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Kittle this week. All right, Davis, who are you relatively high on? Despite, you know, not playing a, a ton of snaps, not running a ton of routes, my boy, University of Oklahoma's own Mark Andrews is my number five tight end this week. I, I see no reason for him to like, you know, not be considered a fantasy starter. Certainly he's not going to score 30 fantasy points every week, but you'll notice Evan Ingram had the domination game in week one and everyone was ready to say, okay, this, this dude's ready to go. And then Mark Andrews dominates two weeks in a row and people, you know, they're still questioning it. Yeah, I'm with you. We all have him uh, in the top five here. Uh, I should say I'm very pleased that uh, I think I was the early adopter in the the Mark Andrews case. Uh, Raymond, who are you on this week at tight end? The two guys that I'm looking at that kind of, and this is a fluid situation week to week. You know, last week it was Andrews and Waller in the top six. Um, this week I have Andrews five. Uh, my number six guy is Austin Hooper and then Greg Olson, number seven. So this is this comes down to matchup. Um, you know, after those top five guys who I think volume, efficiency, it's all there. Olsen playing the Arizona Cardinals, got stomped by TJ Hawkinson, 120, over 100 yards. Uh, then they got stomped by Mark Andrews, same deal. Uh, the play volume, the fact that Cam's not running, uh, it all just adds up to Olsen getting more targets. When Olsen's on the field, Ian Thomas is not playing. Yeah. He's not running routes, period. T routes are important for tight end because the targets per route kind of evens out. It gets very predictive after you see a certain number of routes. That's why I think we've all kind of agreed that Mark Andrews is up there, even though he, he has a limited you know amount of routes. It's just the, the share. Um, and then Austin Hooper, target the Colts with tight ends. I'm, like every week because this team, Team. If you look at the numbers going back to last year when, when, they, when uh, Eberflus took over, they play cover three, they, they drop back in zone. Wide receivers get less targets. Um, the tight ends will be the guys that, that come open. So um, Hooper's back up to seven. 
Rayvon, I hear what you say about uh, Greg Olson. It hurts my stomach to think that I really want to invest in a guy uh, who is that old and who hasn't really looked great for the past two seasons. But in weeks one and two, I must admit, he has looked surprisingly unwitten like. Uh, like he looks like he's basically been back to the guy that he was in the the best of uh, the days with Cam. It hurts to think that I should rank him higher than than some other guys. Uh, and this so. might hurt you too because I, uh, I'm also highest on Jason Witten at number number 14. Listen, there's going to be touchdown variants. It happens week to week. The Cowboys are probably just scored 34 points. Jason Witten has a great shot at a third week in a row. I know. I just don't want to bet on a touchdown or bust. It really is touchdown yeah. or bust outside of these top, what, seven? I mean, O.J. Howard is splitting reps with Cam, uh, Cameron Brait at this point and had a catchless game last week. I mean, it really gets ugly quick. All right. Well, I am sure that we're going to talk about O.J. Howard a little bit more in a little bit. That is what we call a tease in the biz. Uh, Davis, who are you relatively low on? T.J. Hawkinson. I think a lot of people were ready to write him up rest of the year tight end, you know, top 12 tight end. The truth is, is that just a lot of dudes are going to have the best game of the year against Arizona. They are not interested in defending a whole ton and they are interested in running a lot of plays. For me, like I think guys like, uh, you know, Tyler Eifert are going to be kind of like, you know, more consistent weekly options than Hawkinson. So Hawkinson, not a guy I will have in DFS or, you know, I, I don't have him anywhere in seasonal, but not really interested in him at all this week. For DFS last week, unfortunately, I was on TJ Chalkinson, and that did not work out for me. Tough, tough scene. Uh, Sean, who are you relatively low on? Um, for me, it's uh, Vance McDonald. Um, he's just way too expensive right now without Big Ben. Uh, he's 4300 which is right around the same price as Mark Andrews. Um, I know a lot of people are going to justify um, him this week because he did catch two touchdowns from uh, Mason Rudolph last week, but I I'm just off of all Steelers. Um, until we see sort of how it shapes out. And, you know, last week I had a ton of Big Ben, Vance McDonald stacks, so it was pretty tilting to see Rudolph, the one throwing touchdowns. Um, I still think McDonald, you know, he's surprised us. He's, he's been playing uh, around 90% of the snaps, so um, he could surprise us and he could still be a low-end tight end one going forward, but right now he's priced out like one of those mid-tier uh, one tight end. So I'm fading him at this price, and hopefully we can jump back on when he's cheaper uh, starting next week. All right, Raybon, uh, what about you? I just had an epiphany. Um, I, I'm just thinking about this Vance McDonald situation. Steelers are playing like more four wide, one tight end, or like, you know, just no running back. And I think that might have had an effect on Connor. But if Rudolph, with Rudolph, they might go back to more traditional sets, which um, could actually benefit Connor. So that's just something I thought about um, in, re in regard to Vance McDonald. But I think Jared Cook for me uh, is a guy I'm low on. You know, no Drew Brees there. I think the pass volume goes down. And, and, and despite Seattle giving up those, those two touchdowns to Vance McDonald, I think they, they usually are a relatively tough team for tight ends um, to kind of get over against. They kind of hit him on a screen for one of those touchdowns. And it was really – shouldn't had no business going for a touchdown. It was just a great play by Rudolph and um, just kind of waited it out. So I think, you know, Jared Cook – Tough game last week, a lot of drops, uh, not playing too well. Uh, I think his stock only decreases um, with uh, Teddy Bridgewater under center. All right, uh, Sean, let's talk about the two props here. Okay, so first up we have uh, O.J. Howard, uh, fresh off uh, Goose game. Um, right now I have his uh, receiving yard over under at um, 35 and a half. <laughs> See, I'm still going over, even though uh, I just kind of yeah. essentially slandered him because I, it's, I still think, you know, when you look at his median of what, you know, how many routes he has been running, um, I still have him in that 40-yard range. And, again, this giant defense is 
just abysmal. Uh, maybe you didn't see the tight ends for Buffalo last week because they're not a really tight end centric uh, team. But in week one, Jason Witten caught a touchdown. Blake Jarwin caught a touch. I mean, it's just whoever the, the good players are, the good receivers are on a given team, they're going to exploit the Giants. Uh, I don't. I don't have any doubt that that OJ Howard will be will be back for at least this week uh, in, in probably in the top ten uh, tight end when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll take you over. That's fine. Just uh, give me, let me be as short as possible on the New York football giants. All right. Next up is a guy. I don't know if I could set his line high enough. Mark Andrews at KC 56 and a half. I don't care what my projections say. I'm, I'm going over. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the over. I, I have him under, so I'm going under. I got to stay on brand. I'm pretty snugly on the over there, but uh, I'm probably wrong. Okay, let's get to the fantasy questions that we have gotten over Twitter. The first question here is from Cap Calculator. Sean, I'm kicking it to you. Thoughts on Cam's injury status and how it impacts some of the other Panthers? Honestly, I, I'm not considering it a downgrade yet. Will Greer might be able to maintain um, these weapons. You know, there were some throws where Cam, you know, he had Curtis Samuel on a crossing route and he threw behind him. It could have been a huge game. So Cam's accuracy issues have been a problem for the pass catchers and he's not a threat to run right now. So um, defense can just plan on that. So I, I think him playing less than 100% is not good for the team. So if he's if his ankles causing him problems, I think they're better off with Will Greer. And I think it could help guys like Curtis Samuel if they have uh, a guy like Greer potentially more accurate than Cam. Uh, it couldn't hurt. All right, Davis, uh, here's a question from sports enthusiasts. How do you evaluate trades involving quarterbacks in Superflex? Essentially, what value do you give to quarterbacks relative to other positions in 10 to 12 team leagues? So I would just think of it this way. Is this guy meaningfully different than Marcus Mariota? Because if you've played in any sort of two quarterback league, you know Marcus Mariota is the last dude who goes in the auction. He's the last dude. Sometimes in two quarterbacks leagues, he's even out there on the wire. So if you think that dude is meaningfully better than Marcus Mariota, you can trade something of value for him, you know, a running back or a wide receiver that, you know, might start for you or a tight end. If that dude does not make a meaningfully uh, different median projection week to week than Marcus Mariota, treat him like a tight end or whatever. Like it just, it just doesn't matter. Raybon, this question is from Derry Lavid. Nice name there. Uh, over under six and a half games until Cam Newton retires to become a fashion designer. <laughs> over, but uh, I like, like what you're thinking. Yeah, over, but just barely. Uh, Sean, <laughs> this is from Big E NFL. Have Lamar and Dak in a one QB league with deep benches, so most teams have two quarterbacks. Would you trade away Lamar, or is he too valuable at that position? Well, first off, congrats for having those two uh, QBs. I wouldn't try to just give away Lamar. Um, you could definitely sell high, but you, you want to be getting a guy don't, like... Don't trade Lamar. You're going to attach yourself to one of the greatest fantasy seasons ever, probably. Like, don't like don't be that guy. You could, well, okay, let's put it this way. You could trade away Dak. But yeah, like if you trade one of these guys, um, you got to be getting like a legit RB2 or a wide receiver to um, demand, you know, a high return for these guys. Because I think people... You know, somebody that has like Drew Brees or Big Ben uh, will will reach for these guys. So I think selling high on Dak might be the way to go um, because, yeah, having one of these guys on your bench every week kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, I, I would sell high on Dak if you can. Uh, Davis, this is from TCAM. Trade away DJ Moore for Kittle. I lost Hunter Henry. Yeah, I, like, no, like, and you're not going to hear anyone come on any podcast and be like, love DJ more than me. Like, for example, I made a trade in uh, the Roto World Friends and Family League where I traded away Antonio Brown to get DJ more. But I think I would still do DJ more for Kittle just because Kittle really is like, he, he's a league winner. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. He's a difference maker. Uh, Raymond, this is from Mikey Football. McCole Hardman versus Demarcus Robinson. Who's the stronger play week to week while Hill is out? Oof. You know, I, I think uh, right now it's probably Robinson by a hair, but I, I have them pretty much equal. I think it's going to vary week to week based on who goes off the previous week and the defenses will kind of hone in on that guy. But um, I'd say Robinson by, by a tiny bit. All right, Sean, this question is from Nathan Coleman. Basically, uh, within the ADP that we had entering the season, who are a couple of players who have moved up or down within the top 12? Yeah, I mean, I don't do rest of season rankings, so this might be better uh, for Davis. But off the top of my head, I think I would I would have Christian McCaffrey number one overall. Um, I was kind of waffling between him and Barkley. Got, you know, obviously, like Michael Thomas would probably follow the top 12. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Alvin Kamara would probably be closer to the, you know, outside of the top 10. But um, I think it's still relatively the same. I'm not overreacting um, over two weeks. But I think, you know, guys like Thomas and Schuster, I think, took a big hit this week. All right, uh, Davis, this is from Stephen G. It seems like a Jamelman week at running back. How do you like the potential punts and cash like Devin Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Greg Olson, James Washington? Well, Devin Smith is not one of them because he might legit see like two targets. But I think that there are guys like Randall Cobb, uh, Nelson Aguilar, maybe Arcega Whiteside even, who, who do make like you can play Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook. Uh, the, the thing you're going to run into is the I actually think the optimal lineup construction where like you're just running off op, like pure optimals is not going to have any Chiefs or Ravens players in like a cash game team. And uh, that that's going to feel tough like so like you you might have to do something non-optimal uh to get like walk-ins or in or something like that raybon this is from scott g has kyler's floor been high enough to be an every week season long starter or is he still too risky i know he's barely rushing the ball Oh, yeah, it's absolutely high enough because he is barely rushing the ball. I mean, he's on pace to throw for over 5,000 yards. Let's, let's keep this in perspective here. Yeah. Sean, this is from Heel Monster. Opinions on running back handcuffs for season long. I have Henderson, Harris, Hill. Should I be patient? I went zero RB in the draft. Yeah, I'll address this in my RB tiers this week. It's still the same list for me, but I will say a guy like Ito Smith is moving up. Um, he's clearly yeah. Devontae Freeman's handcuff, but also he could leapfrog him. And whenever you have a running back like that, that could actually leapfrog the starter without an injury, um, that moves them up in my running back handcuffs rankings. Davis, this is from James Thompson. What are your thoughts on Larry Fitzgerald and Josh Gordon for the rest of the season in half PPR? Buys. I think I, I think that the range of outcomes with Antonio Brown and 34-year-old Julian Edelman are so wide that I definitely see some paths to Gordon being, you know, like a top 20 fantasy wide receiver. And I, I just want Cardinals, right? David Johnson, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray. I, I want these dudes because uh, I think they're going to get better as Kyler gets more reps under him. So I, I'm, I'm in on those guys. Rayvon, this is from Ben Murray, by the way, the commish of my longtime Dynasty League. Shout out. Uh, which San Fran wide receiver do you like this week? And does that differ versus the rest of the season? No, it's Debo Samuel. Um, then Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis. He threw, a, he threw more passes than he caught balls last week and he was healthy. All right, uh, Sean, one last question here from Kuhlenberg. Uh, how big of a hit does Juju and Michael Thomas take relative to uh, – sorry, let me rephrase that. How big of a hit does Juju and Michael Thomas take because of the loss of their quarterbacks? Both obviously take a big hit. I think Michael Thomas less so. Like you've mentioned for me, I think he'll be able to maintain maybe low-end wide receiver one uh, value just based on volume alone. And, you know, hopefully Breeze will be back um, in, in, you know, six to seven games. So 
Um, he'll salvage some of that um, if, if Breeze can return to form. Um, and he'll, he'll be back to mid-range wide receiver one come fancy playoff time. But, you know, Juju is going to be without Big Ben all year. So I think he takes the biggest hit. Um, he's more of a middling wide receiver two right now until we sort of see um, how the chemistry between him and Rudolph is. All right, Davis, what content of yours should people check out and where can they find it? The fantasy football workshop that comes out on Roto Experts on Tuesday, that is for Roto Experts subscribers. But the Automatic Absolutes is a free DFS column on Daily Roto that comes out on Wednesdays. Those would be the two things and, and the take cast, of course. Uh, of course, the take ass. Everyone, be sure to follow Davis on Twitter at Davis Maddock. You can follow Sean, Chris, and me in the Action Network app at the underscore oddsmaker, Chris Raybon, and Matt F. The Oracle. Use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. That is going to do it for this episode of the Action Network Podcast. Check out the rest of our episodes and live shows this week. Please subscribe to and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, radio.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you again next episode. 